Our panel of break-fix petrolheads are back for another rousing what-should-I-buy debate. Using unique shopping criteria, they are challenged to find our first-time collector the best vehicle that will make their friends go, where do you get that? Or what the hell is wrong with you? At the next Cars and Coffee. As you know, we've asked many of our guests about the mythical three-car garage, or cars they had as posters on their wall as a kid, or even sexiest car of all time. But we thought this time... Let's turn the conversation around and see what's the ugliest car we could recommend for someone else. And we can't wait to see what you all come up with. And as always, I'm your host, Brad. And I'm Eric. So let's roll. In keeping with the tradition of what should I buy, we have to set some ground rules. In this case, we have to define ugly. Our usual suspects are always the Aztec, the Pacer, the Edsel, the Bricklin, and even the HHR. But if you suspend disbelief for but a moment, you could argue there are ways to make those cars cool. But tonight, we're talking about an entirely new caliber of ugly. The designs where no amount of mods could make them better. Cars with looks that only a mama could love. All right, let's kick this off. What car would you wish on your worst enemy? I have a 17 slide PowerPoint. (laughs) I only came up with 11 cars. 11? That's my first three slides. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, because uh, I figure I'm, I'm I'm probably picking stuff that some of you may not have thought of. Like there's the obvious choices like the HHR and the Cobalt and the PT Snoozer and, and crap like that. And of course, the, the square bodies. Those are beautiful cars. So we're talking about ugly, but the sad thing is so many different styles of stuff can come first. It's like they're running out of stuff to do because what has been done that we haven't already seen in some concept of former variation on a car already hopefully all we can hope for is the fact that they stop leaning towards the ugly aspects and start looking towards the more appealing when they build stuff in the future well the problem you're running into right now is one one shape keeps the wind i mean in all seriousness next time you're in a parking lot go look at the cars and they all look the same there's not a whole lot of well, that's just it. Like, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Mr. Mr. True. And you, you, you have to quantify ugly when it comes to a car because they're ugly, but then you, there's a whole nother, when you really do your homework, a whole nother level of fugly out there that is, that is easily distinguishable because this is where I draw the line with what should I buy ugly cars, right? Is that a car like an HHR, put some wheels on it, maybe a body package, do some, some aftermarket stuff. Nope. You could you could make it look better than it is, but there are cars out there that are impossible to modify, and they are ugly from the word go. And I'm going to highlight a bunch of them. <laughs> making it look better than it already is is like taking a liquid turd and making it a solid turd. It's still a turd. <laughs> now I will say, since you have this spread this this PowerPoint presentation that has five billion cars on it, I, th- I think Eric's first slide is just going to be a bow tie. <laughs> It's just going to be an entire lineup. From 1979 through 1990. Through the present. (laughs) Let the three-hour government presentation commence. Not a government presentation, but... We're going to bring the laser pointer out here in a second. Yeah, yeah. But you guys can see my screen? Yeah. Yeah, we got the Aztec, the Vagina, the safety car. That's a brick one. And the HHR. So we're going to take a step away from what I consider the mundane right? Because the Aztec, yes, we all agree, it's ugly. The Edsel is ugly. The HHR is ugly. The Bricklin, which is the car in the bottom left corner, is ugly. But 
So if I get the Bricklin and paint it silver, it'll look like a DeLorean. Uh, pretty much. I mean, people will be confused. There's some pictures out there. The Bricklin is as long as a C3 Corvette. And when you put them side by side, they actually don't look too different at the right angles. Even though the Bricklin is much more square, they kind of run a similar profile. And it's kind of, and it's kind of interesting. I will say the C3 Corvette is terrible. It is the worst Corvette ever. It's the worst, it's the worst Corvette. This, the Stingray that's not a Stingray. Well, it's a Mako Shark. I mean, I loved my stepdad's, but his was a 78 25th anniversary. Yeah, and it had 125 net horsepower. Can you say that? Dude? Out of a seven liter motor. <laughs> no, it's 5.7, but it just went zero to 60 really slowly. There are cars that are far beyond the level of ugly that we know every day. Do we, do we want to take a trip into the truly ugly? Go ahead. Are you guys? Yeah, ready? go ahead. Are you guys ready? I think the Prowler is an ugly goddamn vehicle. Trash right up there with the PT Cruiser and all those. Yeah, and but the, the thing that gets me about the Prowler is you could buy a Prowler with a trailer that was the back of a Prowler. I, I take a little offense to that because I have the back half of a original Alston Mini that I'm planning to make a trailer for behind the Mini. It was a factory option. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean... Well, you had no trunk space, so you had to have the trailer. Yeah, I mean... It, it, there's a lot. There's a lot worse things they could have done. But no, look how there's not worse things that could have been done. This is like that chest that they used to sell decades ago, like the front end of a car, and you put it in front of your bed, and like it opened, and it was like a, a chest to store things in. Like that's the same thing as if you drag it behind your car. The the biggest disappointment with the Prowler was the fact that it was a six cylinder automatic. Look at look at my Prowler. It has this furious two point seven liter V six. What they should have done is stuck Not a bigger needed. motor in the Crossfire and called it done. Because well, the Crossfire wasn't bad looking, especially compared to the Prowler. What other motor should they have put in the in the Crossfire? It had a 3.2 liter Mercedes six-cylinder. It was a great engine. Okay, that's right. That was after the merger. The problem was they made the Crossfire end up looking like the, the Lincoln Blackwood with all those stupid stripes and ribs. and. Oh, gee. so... Yeah, the Blackwood, <laughs> that always makes my, my list of hideous things, but I always forget about it because I try to forget about it. <laughs> pinstripe paint job. I mean, can the you pin, imagine? That, that wasn't a paint job. That was chrome piping on the side of the bed. Oh God. All the way around the bed, but it stopped at the bed, so it, it broke up once it got to the doors. I, if memory serves, it actually had barn doors for the bed for the tailgate doors. I think that's correct, yeah. I mean, it's a terrible idea. Well, not only so, that, but it had a carpeted bed. Yes, it, it, was, it was a giant trunk. The concept of the Prowler was great. Unfortunately, just like the SSR, it was pointless. If you want a hot rod, build a hot rod. Don't buy, don't buy a brand new car. The side view yeah. of the Prowler, does anyone, does it remind anyone of the Panther DeVille? <laughs> trying to remember what it looked like. Well, think of Corolla DeVille's car. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I see the Prowler from the side, I think of that car. <laughs> but like a more modern version, a, a concepty modern version. I don't know why. Because that was kind of the era they were hearkening back to. So it's going to look kind of like that. I just don't like how the Prowler like went to a nose, went to a point, and then had just those tiny little plastic things that stuck out to the side for the, the reflectors. You guys talked about the Prowler, but do you know about the Ford Indigo, which resembles Jordi LaForge? It's the Forge Indigo. The Forge Indigo, exactly. What do you, what do you guys think about that? Talking about ugly cars. 
It looks like something that should be on Mario Kart. It's smiling. Yeah, I can see Bowser sitting in it. It, it seriously looks like a go-kart. Now, for those that don't know, Ford designed this alongside of the GT90, which I'll let you guys look up on your own because I happen to like that car as a prototype. It was the mid-stage. The GT90 looks like Epcot Center. The GT90 looks like the Nintendo 64 rendering of a GT40. (laughs) That's a very good description. I like that. Yeah, GT90, unfortunately, it's so ugly, it's awesome, along with like the Bugatti EB110. But those don't make my list of ugly cars. The Indigo is definitely up there. That weird Cyclops front light and smiley face, as Mike pointed out, it's pretty heinous. But along with it, we got to enjoy the Prowler, which probably should have stayed in concept form. Next up, we got the Bulldogs. TT, first gen, terrible looking cars. (laughs) Especially with the Dodge Challenger spoiler. Oh, that actually enhances the ugliness. Right? You guys think the TT is ugly? Audi decided, you know what? We're going to make a SUV. We're going to make the Steppenwolf. And we're going to build a prototype race car on top of the Avis chassis, which later became the Nardo and a bunch of other cars. And we're just going to take all the TT's body panels and stretch them in every direction we can. It looks like somebody took a TT and just put it on a four-wheel drive chassis. So that's just a TT sitting on a damn... Suzuki sidekick, you know, four drive chassis, but the far right one looks like they were trying to reach back to like the era of like the 30s. With yes, the it's supposed to be like the silver arrows. Yeah. Okay, hang on. The Rosenmeyer is a Bugatti Veyron now, and the A2 looks like something BMW released, which was like the one series van. Correct. But Mike, the Rosemeyer is actually built on the Avis prototype, which came out years earlier, which all of those cars are built on the Nard. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying it looks like what the, the, it looks like they took that and said, this will be the Veyron. Correct. Correct. It's much longer than the Veyron, unfortunately. It's a very, very long car. But yeah, you're correct. So I equate the Bulldogs is what I call them because they all look like little French Bulldogs, right? Which the TT does as well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that the TT is the most attractive car in the world because it isn't. And it, we call it the terrible toad for a reason. But I equate all these to Adam Driver. Like he's not a handsome actor. And yet we cast him to play Kylo Ren and he's been in Girls and a bunch of other movies. So he's, it's like one of those Hollywood stars that's famous because they're ugly, right? So these cars fall and in the same category. You should have put Steve Buscemi on the screen. Well, we're getting yeah. So, so, so you're saying all of these are a very bad idea. A hundred percent, yes. So moving on from the Bulldogs, negative a thousand points to Ferrari for developing the Mondial T. This is the ugliest Ferrari ever. And there are some ugly Ferraris and there's some extremely beautiful Ferraris, but this takes the cake as the dumbest idea they ever came up with, which is let's take a 308 and turn it into a convertible. The proportioning I see on that reminds me of like the 1980s Barbie car convertible because it's not proportioned to a real car. No. I had one of those. (laughs) So uh, It was better looking than this. (laughs) I mean, it's ugly, but it's not. Something about this doesn't say, scream at me. This is an ugly car. It just it just screams at me. They didn't fix a, the proportions right, but it's not an unattractive car at its heart. Until you see one in person. But I will say the only redeeming value of the Mondial T is that it was featured in the John Hughes film, Weird Science, just like the Mondial T. 
Turd Man is also in that movie. So I put the two of them mentally together. Turd Man and the Monty Alti. Yeah, Go ahead. Just because it made it onto the silver screen doesn't... No, it's a terrible car. Plenty of shit on the silver screen. My biggest issue is the side vents. The proportions are a little off, but the side vents really look off. And that's because you're expecting Testarossa down at the bottom of the door, not at the top, and you're expecting them to be taller. So that's the thing that sticks out to me as the oddest. And, and of course, the convertible top stuff. But they are also functional because the motor is still back there, right? So you have zero trunk space. It's a completely useless car. It's a bad idea. It, you're right. It looks like does, a Barbie Ferrari. Does it have a frunk? Uh, yeah. Well, then it's not, you know, totally useless. Well, I guess. It's you, a- you, could, you could carry your purse. You're not carrying it anywhere because the car won't run. And I think the T stands for turd in Mondial T. That's why I also make the association with turd man. Because nobody knows what the T is for, but the Mondial T. Anyway, so moving on from this special piece of Italian history into more Italian history. So you know how you know how L for love. Well, L in the Italian car badging system is Lusso, which means luxury, right? So Alfa Romeo, unfortunately, they also have a history of designing some very exquisite vehicles, right? And then we have these three gems. Here, we have the GTV6 Spider, which is heinous. If you've ever seen the back of it, it, it looks like it was in a train wreck. Shigera, which in dialect means mist. And then you have the winner of all winners here, the Arna Lusso edition, which in my opinion, you know, the Corolla, the parable unto itself, whatever, but Alpha found a way to make that car even worse. Easy with that, I owned an 82 Corolla. <laughs> So, so the Arna reminds me of the Omni. Both, yeah, the Omni and the Datsun hatchback that my my dad had when I was a kid. The two ten. Oh uh, God, I don't even know what it was. Kind of looks like a two ten. So, if we're gonna go with like eighties type cars, like the Dodge Omni. I like the Omni. It was the it was the. Could you get a turbo four cylinder in the Omni? That that you should be slapped for saying that. It it, it, it had a Volkswagen motor in it. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Wrong damn way. My cousin had one, and that thing was the biggest heap of shit we ever rode in. But it, we didn't have to ride the bus to school, so we rode in. That's the thing. Yes, I know. I know the the house is falling apart, but it has a good furnace. <laughs> <laughs> has anybody ever? Did anybody ever drive the GLHS? No, I know you have, right? Yeah, it's still a horrible car. <laughs> They tripled the horsepower. Even at 100 miles an hour, it's a horrible car. The best was that it had the uh, the 446 pack hood on it. So as you go down the road at 60 miles an hour, you watch the hood going, kind of wait for it to open. They call that the shaker hood. The shaker. Hood. Yeah, it was shaking all right. But the thing, the problem, yeah. the thing with the Omni is again, like a rabbit. If you're not a fan of an original rabbit, if you're not a fan of the Panda or any of those bo- really boxy hatchbacks or the Renaults or whatever. Yes. It is, it's, it's still in that category. I don't know that it's truly ugly. I mean, you guys are putting out some softballs. Okay. I'm looking oh, it's, it's ugly. I don't know. I still like that Shelby Omni. I'm sorry. It looks good in black. Well, the Shelby Omni, because it's ugly, it's, it's, again, it's one of those cars that's so ugly you have to either, So it's so ugly you love it. There's a guy that runs one on the road course stuff that has an Omni. And I don't know, maybe it's just the, crazy, the bright color paint job and stuff he has on it, but it actually looks kind of cool. But a stock Omni, it looks horrible. The Shigera looks like somebody had a sports car and said, hey, let's take it, chop it in half and stretch it. So it reminds- And stick a Hoover on the front. A comparative car 
from an automaker that makes some of the most beautiful cars in the world, Lamborghini. But this car, I think it follows the same kind of, I guess, route. And it's the, the Veneno. It's, it's another one that's blisteringly fast and is probably an amazing car to drive. But looks wise, it just looks like some kindergartner took his projector and it just drew a whole bunch of triangles and stuff. And he's like, here, mommy, here's my car. The, the computer said that that's a good looking car. That's what that boils down to. But that's not the first time Lamborghinis made an ugly Lamborghini because if you look at the Gala, the thing was heinous, right? It was ugly, just just disgusting looking Lamborghini in my opinion. Yeah. Um, not to say that some of the older ones, the, the designs that led up to the Countach, like the Jalpa and all those, those weren't great looking either because, and, and everybody was doing wedge cars back then between the Esprit, Alfa Romeo, everybody was like, oh, here's one shape. They're all the same. So that that's, you know, that that's pretty much par for the course, right? So what you, what we don't know here is, and I'll fill in. So Giugiaro, famous Italian designer, design, designed many cars from the Rabbit all the way up to the Nazca BMWs to all sorts of prototypes. He's, he's involved with Dallara and a lot of other companies. Famous Italian designer, some really iconic cars. So during this car, did he have like some sort of party and drinking drug phase? Yeah, because his son designed it instead, Okay. right? So the one thing I, when I look at the Shigera, A, I see the Lamborghini that Brad was talking about. Like I can see where that came from because this is much older, but I also see the classic Italian Harlequin design where you draw the black makeup through the eyes. It's a very, it's a very Milan thing. So I get the face, but it is a face that you really have to love. It is pretty terrible. How old was the son that designed it? <laughs> I have to look that 12. up. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So moving on. Brad, Alfa Romeo SC. And I will talk about that car. You know, I did a search for ugliest cars of all time, and there were some some commonalities between all the articles. Yep. This was one of them. Yep. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm gonna. So th this is this is the one. Is, I don't hate it. Okay, I hate the back. I hate the back. You must also like whatever BMW it is that looks like that from the front, because that one's hot trash too. I mean, the, the only the only people who missed the 850 after when it went out of production were hairdressers. That's no. that's the front end BMW that that Alpha reminds me of. Both hot trash. So I will admit to liking the 850 just because it's a massive coupe. Yeah. Yeah, but it, considering what it replaced, it was a huge disappointment. So I got to say, I got a chance to see one of these in person in Italy. I was out with my uncle one night and we went to some car show that they were doing or whatever. And I got to see it. And I thought this car as a kid, <clears throat> it was interesting, right? I don't like the body line at the back of the fender to the back. I, I, yes, but here's- It looks like it was in an accident. <laughs> but, yeah. No, but here's the problem. When you see it in person, okay, you realize you no no what you realize is it doesn't photograph well because it's very low and very squat mm. it looks like a tall car but it's not it's about the height of an a2 Scirocco. it's really really short <laughs> Corrado, right i will have to take your word for it trust me it, it's alpha's version of the corrado it's just way uglier than the corrado but because it's ugly and because it's funky and it's it is about the same size as a corrado and it's rear wheel drive. It's got the classic Alpha V6 in it. It sounds amazing. Right. Really cool car. It's, and I'm gonna talk about this in, in a little bit too. 
it, it's a neat car. It's it's different. Again, they're stepping out of their box. They wanted something to compete with the Corrado, Scirocco kind of era of cars there. And Alpha was experimenting. But again, when you see it in person, it looks way better and it's way more impressive than it does in picture. So me, so had you had you had like two bottles of wine and five pounds of pasta before you saw this? So uh, you're in a carb a carb wine crash after when you saw to it. To me, to me, it looks like it looks exactly like a Lego brick with wheels on it. That's exactly what it looks like. It's a Lego brick. I mean, it, I mean, it looks like hot trash in a photo. So I can't speak to what it might or might not look like in person, but in a photograph, this thing is a. I don't. Saying, you're well, trying to say it's good looking. You see this picture. It's really, just weird looking. I I can't even describe. I can't describe it. Yeah, it's. It, I look at it and I see multiple different cars trying to be made into one. And it's like yeah, I, I, they they don't gel together. It reminds me of that Subaru again. There's one picture of the back that looks like a CRX. Correct. It's really odd. Again, it looks very different when you see it in person because you realize like those rear fenders that photograph weird, it's flared out. So it doesn't photograph well. And they only came in this color. So red doesn't photograph well. And the one thing about red you guys don't realize is, or maybe you know this, Brian, Mike knows this, is red throws off your depth perception. So it's hard to judge what it actually looks like. That's why if you play on a red pool table, it's it, 10 times more difficult than playing on a regular green one. Have you ever done that? Red just throws your eyes off. So again, when you see it in person, you're like, dude, this car is kind of slick because again, it's low, it's wide, it's short, you know, the whole no, thing. I, I can see the flaring in the pictures. Like the, the other angles, I can see it. And I don't mind the way the flaring looks, but it's just... There's something, there's something that just, it's off. Yeah. Yeah. But it was hit with a cricket bat on the back. Yeah. Shortened it two feet. I, I think I'm with Eric. I, th I think it's, it's an interesting car. I would actually, I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually get the chance to see one in person, which will probably happen never. But I, I'm reserving judgment on this one. Okay, I mean, you, I mean you, you, dude, you owned a Corrado. The back of the Corrado is not different. It's, it's chopped flat on the back. It's the same idea. Yeah, but looking at that, the way that tail and everything sits up, I guarantee you can't see shit out that back. Oh, probably not. But that doesn't matter because you look cool as hell and everybody goes, wow. But I will say this. I don't know. Back of the, the back of the Corrado doesn't look like hot trash burning. Wow, and it's like, wow, what the hell was that guy thinking? Exactly. exactly. It, he but, likes it because he thinks it's a Cylon in the back. Yes, it does. I do, 100%. But did you guys know that you can take the SZ to the next level and go with the Cabriolet? Right? <laughs> That's that amazing. Because how short the roof is. That looks like a body kit on a Geo Metro convertible. Yeah, I mean, the roof, the roof line, or the, the windows are tiny. Yeah. So that takes it to a whole nother level of ugly. So when, again, when I look at the SZ, I don't think it's terrible, but when you look at the convertible version, holy cow. Like I said, so, so, I mean, if you've ever seen the convertible version, yes, I can now understand why you thought the SC looked okay, because you've seen this, and you can't forget this. <laughs> right? And so now, so now, this is the, this is like looking at the seeming pile of shit, and the SZ is just like, eh, that's just, you know, poorly cooked ground beef. Right, right? we're going to... It's really, it starts to grow on you after a while. And then you so see- So does fungus. So fungus it, grows on you too. The hard top version where it's like the dark top and the red bottom. 
especially in that right picture, reminds me of like the talons, how they had the right top and then the green box. Yeah. The eclipses. It's it's ugly. It's ugly from the front. The uh, the headlights, the the the, the hood, the, this weird nose that it looks like it has because they ridged the headlight down to the the center triangle grill. Those headlights are garbage. The side, especially from the back, it looks like it was in an accident that somebody in a big huge pickup truck just t-boned it in the quarter panel. The the rear lights. W- Fine, it's a single bar, but then, 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 and then, then there's this, you know, eight foot of of trunk lid, you know, and then this weird wing or whatever. It has that. a highbrow, highbrow, <laughs> Neanderthal. I mean, I, I just picked up something on this picture, the right picture there, that stands out to me. Now I understand why Eric doesn't mind it, because the hood line there is very similar to that on a Viper. Yeah. It, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. No, you're being, yeah. You being a Viper fanboy, now I see it. Next. All right. So up next, that ass. These are some of the worst rear ends that I could find. And the Arna makes the list yet again because that car is terrible from every angle you look at it. The Marlin, I don't understand how they designed that car. If you want to talk about 11 million feet of a rear end, the Marlin takes the cake and it's all one contiguous piece. I don't even know how they developed that glass and the glass retracts into the back. I mean, it's terrible, but the Cerbera looks like an ogre. And when you, and I have to take it from this angle because it's the only flattering angle of the car. It literally has tusks coming out the back. It's like, you could sit on that and have lunch. With the exactly. Of- it's functional. I want to say, I, I really like the Cerbera. I'm a huge TVR fan, though. And only look at the line, body line down the right. It's a Viper again. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Sabera is the is the sticking your jaw way out and putting your 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 closing. But it it uh it, it's functional, just like you know a spoiler makes a nice uh, picnic table. That's not how they came. That's just a body kit. Did it have function to get no. the downforce? No, that is a factory build for that car. That is not a body kit. That came from TVR that way. I, I think it's the Cerbera Speed 12 or something like that. Yeah. It's terrible. I'm sorry. That's pretty ugly. I still see your Viper. <laughs> All right. Next, Soviet block cars, right? These are the Clint Howard of vehicles, dude. They don't get uglier than the Fiat 128. Or- I love... I love the Clint Howard forehead and the Scion Hako forehead. <laughs> right? Uh, so I'm saying, man, like there's a whole, the Lada, the freaking Trabant, like there's a bunch of other Fiats, the 127, the 131 really in its plain form. They're just East German, you know, Soviet just bricks on wheels. You want to talk about- sure. I'm going to throw it out there. I like it, but many people don't. The Hillman Imp. I like it. Oh my God. The oh, imp is it, it is but ugly. <laughs> the Hillman Super Amp is awesome. It is but ugly. That's another multipla roof line there. <laughs> I like that. I don't know why. Top I road. like the roof height as someone who's tall. So I'm okay with this. <laughs> so you, you say you like the roof height, but you have to realize that's probably like a foot tall total. So <laughs> that thing looks tiny. Your left shoe. I mean, come on. And it has the uh, uh yeah, I don't really bad when you look at a car like the Hako there and you go is the multipla better looking than that right 
But I'm looking. It's still not. It's still not. It's still not. But I had to stop and think about it. The thing, the angle of that Hako picture makes it look like the windshield is slanted in reverse. Yes. It makes it look like it comes out from the base of the windshield and then goes back again. Yes. But again, 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 that you, there's these are ugly cars. When Neanderbrow. Buddy, use. Trendsetter and fashion in the Soviet in the same way. Yeah, hundred percent. No, but you want to talk ugly? I mean, that you're t- that's ugly, straight up, right? And the Lada, the Trabants, all they're based like the Lada, especially, and, and some of the other Russian cars, they're based on terrible Fiats, right? So it's like, oh my God, talk about ugly. So anyway, moving on from that. Well, no, so so the Scion Hako is how the Japanese thought a Russian looks in a sweatsuit. <laughs> it's missing the adidas stripes down the side and the gold chain but but still i just like the fact that brad picked up on the resemblance from the hako to clint howard though. oh my god it's totally his forehead right the french oh my god the french i mean you want to talk about quintessentially ugly vehicles the french take the cake and one of my absolute top of the list french terrible cars is the Ami, which means friend, mon ami. So the first generation, which is the middle picture and the right picture, I mean, from every angle, this car is terrible, especially from the front. When you look at it, it has a face. And obviously the people at Citroen were like, I want to see how complicated I can make the hood. It's bad, straight up bad, period, bad. And then they decided we're going to make the Ami generation two, which, you know, by all means, it's very plain, very kind of, you know, uh, utilitarian, but it is still a very ugly car. It's very 70s. The original looks like a bug. This is what happens when you put any, (laughs) this is what happens when you put any freeze in the wine to prematurely age it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've never understood why so many of these cars look like a dog dragging their ass against a carpet. Right? Because the Ascent squats on I've never understood why they designed them like that. And it's like, there's no explanation for it. It just is. It exists. It, it, it exists, therefore it is. It's, it's like surrealism, right? You're just like, you look at it and go, oh, it's French. It's okay. It's three bottles in. That's what it is. You have the hydro-nomadic suspension. Yes, like the, like the Dechevo, correct? Yeah, or no, the ones that you know, would raise up and down the pneumatic. Oof. Moving on from the Ami. We go to the goddess herself, the Citroen DS. This car literally angers me. I've seen too many. I hate this thing. It is terrible. Everybody says it's one of the most gorgeous cars ever produced. I think it is one of the most heinous vehicles. It looks like a pill bug, potato bug, water bug, whatever you call them. It's fugly from every angle. It never got better. It only got worse, and they built it for like a hundred years. It doesn't anger me. There's no way this is one of the most gorgeous cars in the world. No way. (laughs) It's not gorgeous, but it's not. I see it as the, you know, it's a plain Jane car. It's not an ugly car. It's not an attractive car. It's just a car. It's like the Camry of the time. That Fiat whatever was just a car. This is ugly <laughs> this is terrible i mean it 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 looks like trying to capture that teardrop shape before they understood the aerodynamics i mean i can sort of the upper right picture it's like okay i squint a little bit and blink 
really fast at the same time and I see a sob <laughs> in profile. I don't know, Matt. What? How do you feel about the DS? I'm sure you don't. Matt has left the building. That's how he feels about it. He hated it so much he got left. Listening to you guys. No, those are they were hideous then and they're hideous now. The kicker is that the Citroen SM is so similar. That's true. And yet we like the SM because it had a Maserati engine in it. So maybe that's a case of where it's so ugly it looks good. Just realized something. The Citroen you were just showing. The DS? Yeah. Which Dr. Seuss had those cars in it? <laughs> really? I don't remember that. I'm telling you, one of the Dr. Seuss movies had them cars running around in town. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just trying to think which one it was. If you look up the Di or the DS, not the Diane, the Diane came later. If you look up the DS, there's lots of articles that are like, oh, one of the prettiest French cars and one of the gorgeous cars of all time. And I just do not see it. I hate this. And what made me mad, what I don't know why I have an association. But if you ever watched the original Highlander, Adrian Paul drove one of these after he got rid of his Thunderbird because they moved back to France or whatever. And so for whatever reason, when I saw him driving this, it just it just lit a fire inside me. And I hate this thing. To me, this car epitomizes what it means to be French because it exudes a certain arrogance when you have no reason to actually be arrogant. Well, and, and, and you, you said it yourself. You said articles describe it as the prettiest French car. That's that, not saying much. Bingo. So, Although the Renault Megane and the Renault Clio are actually really good looking cars to me. I will give you that. Some of the generations, yeah. But it's like, you know, it's, there's not much you can say. It, the prettiest French car, okay. You know, it's the best toilet wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best hooch you can buy the ds gets my blood pressure up but we'll move on from that and we'll talk about cars that look like fish and there's a lot of them so as you can see on the screen we have a stutz bearcat we have a car that i can't pronounce the name and we have the mr2 tte along with the marcos mantis which is a british car and these are t pretty terrible real quick did you by any chance put in this powerpoint the will i am car because that car is fucking atrocious too i did i did not I you'll did. have to pull that up <laughs> we will we'll go back to that but these cars to me all look like fish so so the the mitsuwaka orochi yes actually is a good looking car except for the front bumper no it's not no there's no it, way that it has out of power rangers i mean it looks like it's smirking at me so, I mean, like, if you get rid of the headlights and the front bumper, the rest of the lines are actually very sports car-y. But the problem is you can't get past looking at the front bumper. No, it's not good looking at all. It kind of looks like a Jaguar XK220S. I can't get past the fact that this thing needs to be filleted and put into a rice roll and served to me with some spicy yum-yum sauce. I mean, it, it looks like something I would pull out at the sushi bar. Now, the Bearcat is god-awful. Yes. I'm Pontiac, Pontiac should be embarrassed. Well, it wasn't technically a Pontiac. Yeah, it's a Pontiac base. It was built on a G-body platform, but it also had Italian designing in it. The worst thing is, like, they had multiple different variations of powertrains and stuff. When right. was, well, that that and the, uh, what was it, the Excalibur. You remember, you remember the Excalibur that looks kind of like a 30s car, but not. 
Right. I, I think I think Dan should take his his Bonneville and you should give it the Bearcat treatment. Slap you. It's not Grand a Prix. Oh, your Grand Prix, whatever. I actually had a G body car when I was in high school. And Jesus, to know that that was built on a G body, that depresses me. Because I had a Cutlass Supreme Coupe G body. Is that uh, on this list? It should be. I, I actually liked that. So, you know, that was the weird Cutlass that had the like grills that were on springs. So, like, if you hit something, the, the grill would spring into the car, but the rest of the bumper didn't. So, it's pointless. That car, what? that Stutz Bearcat is, offends me deeply. Yeah, well, right. Thing. Back in the 80s when they were making them, I think. If I recall correctly, they were starting out at around like $85,000. I wouldn't give you 85 cents for that thing. I'm just saying that wasn't the model, but like I know Elvis Presley had one. I bet you can see really well at night with those headlights that are bigger than my head. Yeah. And to Tanya's point earlier, that car just screams Disney villain. Yes, it does. Yes. Yes. Problem with those headlights is you had to fill them with whale oil and then ignite them in order for them to work. No, other than Disney villain, it screamed 1970s pimp. So yeah, I had an 80s G body, not a not a 70s. Now I will say the MR MR2 TT looks like a dustbuster with a nose. Right? For some reason I see that and I don't know if it handles with them, but I'd like to take it on track. I would drive the heck out of that car, but it, look, look at the door. It, it, to me, it reminds me of an aerial add-on. But the doors, I see where the Senna got the door idea from. Yeah. So I mean, and the fact that I wouldn't mind taking a track is the fact that it's so ugly. I wouldn't but, mind putting it in a wall. But here's the thing. Here's the thing though. That MR2, if you drove down the road in that MR2 and you were talking about the alpha and how people would be laughing at you, dude. I wouldn't be caught dead driving down the road. At the track, I'd drive that. Going down the road, no way. At least the alpha people go, what the hell is that? This, they would physically either vomit or laugh to the point of crying. Well, they don't, nobody knows what it is. The MRQS is a great car because it handled really well, but it was just, the styling was confused. Terrible. Well, and, there, and there's no storage space at all. I, I looked at one once at a, at a dealership, and um, you, you could not pack for a nudist weekend. <laughs> Not only that, they were the first to offer a manumatic transmission, you know, a a, a paddle shifter. And you know why it didn't sell? Because it did not have an automatic mode. Oh, wow. So a lot of people blew their engines up. Yeah, 100%. Stuck in first gear. No, well, they they didn't buy it because it was too fucking small. I mean, it's a waste waste of money. So then we have this piece of excellent French engineering. And you all were talking about how the interior has to be better than the exterior. Well, this is literally called the Karen. And when I saw this, I was like, somebody call the manager. Because this is an ugly, ugly car. But leave it to the French to take it to the next level. I think I saw this in Total Recall. That's 1980s sci-fi right there. That's what they thought we'd be driving now. I mean. Well, actually, that middle picture, it's very cyber trucky. Just take the headlights away. Nothing sucks like Electrolux. <laughs> I just like the fact that the interior shot was taken by opening the lift back and then you see that like Cyclops camera that poses as I don't know a rear view mirror or something the proportions are it's mental so you sit you, in the middle I was gonna say did you sit in the middle yeah you the sat in the middle like you can see from the upper picture and then the people sat behind you like on a couch right I mean and it's a moving the, pyramid which uh Ferrari did that or was it a McLaren? The McLaren of them, original F1. Yeah, the F1. So you had the, the single center seat and the two back seats. 
Oh, this is just, I mean, this is pretty bad. You want to talk about ugly? This is right up there. I'm just dreading the headroom for the people in the back because the slope of that going into a point, <laughs> you go around a turn and they're going to be banging their heads against the window. <laughs> it's designed. Oh, it's designed. Oh, it, it is. Oh my, there's a picture, the 1980 Karen, front three-quarter view with the Cybertruck underneath the 2020. They're, they're, they're freaking siblings. And I will say it probably has more rear headroom than a TT. I'll, I'll say that to Daniel's point, you know, the passengers, if you're driving one of these, you don't have to worry about that because you don't have any passengers with you. You have no friends. If you, <laughs> you have no friends, your friend is Karen. Well, you got to pick up. Some and she doesn't even like you. <laughs> oh, man. This is, oh, anyway. Now, now, is it a rear motor or a front motor? Because you can't really tell from those pictures. Electric. I mean, it is an Electrolux, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't tell you which way stuff opens. Like I can't tell from up or down on this thing. It's 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 fueled by the discounts you get by calling the manager. It actually has red headlights and white taillights. You just could, you know the pictures are backwards. I mean, it's like that Renault I posted the other day, the Project Nine Hundred, which it, you can't tell if it's coming or going. It's got two front ends, and the motor's somewhere in there. It makes no sense. But th- when I saw this, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I do want to bring up one because I have a feeling it's going to come up. You should bring up a lot, Mike. This is a flowing conversation. All right, let's go. But I think someone on this call has expressed some affection for this vehicle in the past. It is the Fiat Multipla. Well, was that the one that had the headlights that were like, there were were some were windshield level as well? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone has ever expressed a like of that car. It is, I mean, it is amazing. (laughs) It is the fuckliest thing I mean, that what an embarrassment. Fiat, really? All right, I'm going to throw it out there because first time I saw one was just, I, I didn't know what to think of it. When I was stationed over in England, a girl that I was talking to went out to meet her one night and she showed up in that thing. And I'm like, what is this? It looks like the car from Demolition Man. It reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, and the weird thing is sitting inside of it, like, see if you can get an interior shot of like the dash and everything. Because we're, <laughs> weird to me here's the worst part is there that's was, not bad here's the worst part though the second row picture don't go yet the orange one there was a version that was still ugly but it didn't look as hot trash why they decided to to lift the windshield and add those lights there i mean it was already not great but at least you were like okay it's some sort of weird van thing they're trying to do with more windows Oh, that looks like a Volkswagen Polo that hit a wall. Then, the, and then they came up with this. They thought this was the next step. I mean, or when, this was first, I guess. Maybe the other one is the one that came after. I mean, when you chop the roof off of the previous multiplug and put it on top of a neon, that's what you end up with. I mean, yes, well, they put one car look, on the other. Look at the third row, Fiat. Wait, wait. <laughs> that's, that's hot. I think I know what happened with this one. Whoever did the design. They faxed it over to the people who were building it. And it ran. Stuck, and it, that's why it lifted that section at the back of the oh. hood. And that's what they went with the picture to build. Oh. I, th- I think they sent it over as a joke. They were like, ah, they'll never make this. We should just send it like this. If and you then take, the next day, it went into production. If you take this car here, and you stick your hand, and you and you don't look at the top part, that front end actually isn't that bad. 
that front end would actually look pretty cool if the rest of the car, the roof line, was something that made sense for the bottom half. It reminds me of the Civic Wago van. If you took out the little bump under the windshield, it reminds me of the Civic Wago van. The height of the windows is too clear to the total height of the car. It's like a big old fishbowl on top. But you, but you know, in comparison to the Multiply, I found a car that was very similar to it that I'm going to put up now. <laughs> what is that? It's a Japanese-French mixture. It is the Nissan S Cargo. <laughs> oh, God, I remember that. That was, really, that, so, that was really popular for a while. It looks like a snail. Yeah. It literally looks like a snail. Holy cow, that thing is terrible. What is up with that window? That's like the... Uh, That's the SVX. The SVX. SVX. For Subaru, yeah. There was a Ford that had windows like that too. They were like the bottom half. The DeLorean the had that as well. The the, the toll booth windows. Yeah, yeah well, I never boring. understood why. But you know what? You know what? Still makes more sense than the Cybertruck. I mean, if you look at it, but, but it's more functional. But will its windows take a ball bearing without shattering? Uh, probably, probably yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we we love the Multipla, obviously, and every time I see the Multipla, especially in this color, I am reminded of the movie Life Aquatic with Bill Murray. I mean, I'm sorry, it is what it is. Um, Super turd, but we've covered that in detail. I love how this one has dents in the hood. <laughs> it missed the bumper that sticks out about six inches past the hood. That was because, but it's still got dents in the hood. Get scared and punch at it. What was that one that they made that was the Mercedes safety car? Something something eleven. I can't remember what the hell the the net model was. The C one eleven was a prototype mid engine sports car. Yeah, it's, well, it was a safety car too, just like Volvo used to make. Now there's three versions of the C one eleven. The earliest ones are heinous. The, the, they had like a. A weird coupe looking thing, yeah. Look that picture, last one on the second row there, Brad. That has all three generations of the C111. So the very first one's in the back. It's terrible. The middle like one, Lotus. yeah, the middle one's not great. And the last one, they kind of finally got it right. And it's all terrible. They are yeah, all terrible. But if I was to choose one, I would choose the middle one. The last one is the front of a GT40 and the back of a Fiero. But what they were trying to do outside of being a safety car and from that angle, it looks way better. They were trying to compete with the M1. So that was the idea behind that car. It's a goal wing. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of weirdities. I like it because it's different. And Mercedes was stepping out of the box. It's a mid-engine sports car. There's a lot of things that are redeeming about it. Sometimes yeah. you shouldn't step out of the box. Because Volvo made some safety car thing as well. And it was equally as bad. All right. So from there... We go to the Volvo safety car, also known as the Duckbill Platypus. I mean, you want to talk about ugly. This thing is my number two pick for ugliest car ever. And we are getting close to number one. But I mean, those bumpers, front and rear, I mean, look at that, right? The diving boards. I, I love the Opal Manta black hood, though, to really give it that sporty effect, you know? I don't mind the line. If you hold your hand and you block the whole front end and you take the A-pillar line all the way to the back of the trunk, excluding the bumper, I don't even mind it. I like, I would want to see what the Volvo front end would look like on a car like that. It reminds me of a Mark II Jetta. From the back, but then the front, it looks like freaking some sort of Plymouth turd. I'm going to throw out just a huge generalization. All of their cars were ugly. The, you can't, they, the P1800 is a good-looking car. They, they were known for being the safest cars, probably because nobody wanted to drive them. <laughs> yeah. That's why they were never yeah. in an accident. 
That's very true. <laughs> well, so I think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is based on an actual Volvo and they just added the safety bumpers to, correct, Eric? I believe so. Yeah, it's our, our, there's our, there are some early Volvos like this. However, the earlier Volvos of this era have a more um, a more flat grill versus this is where they try. This is kind of yeah. the of that cab forward design. Because if you look at how the windshield is raked, how they rake the grill, extend the bumper, because it's for pedestrian safety. So right? it's to knock you at the knees and then flip you over the hood of the car. <laughs> Is it actually is it actually pedestrian safety or is it a better five minute five mile per hour impact bumper that actually can absorb higher speeds? I understand it's like all of the above, and again, that's with the sloped grill and everything. Um, because again, the Volvos of that era, they could have put this grill on those Volvos, but they were much more square. So, so I, I don't see how this is for pedestrian safety in any way. <laughs> I think pedestrian safety when designing a car is a complete myth. How about don't get hit by a fucking car? Yes. Car you buy today is built for pedestrian safety. So, yeah, so, so to, to Matt's point, and I can I can argue why this would be for pedestrian safety is that it would kick them up onto the hood rather than under the car. Right. And yes. modern cars are designed that the hood actually has a gap between the hood and the motor, so that if the pedestrian gets thrown up onto the hood, there's some crush zone to absorb the impact. So so I can understand where this is coming from, both from pedestrian safety and from a car crash safety. You know, um, we should just adopt what they do in the in the locomotive industry and just put cow catchers that kind of push the pedestrians away. Screw all this other bullshit. Flip them onto the hood. No, no, no. Just push them out of the way. And them up back. like a front loader. So ab- having been hit by a car, I don't care what you say for design of the front. It hurts like hell. And oh, yeah. Other than that, I think their idea of pedestrian safety was the fact of the, the game of, you know, how many points you're going to hit based off of what type of person you need to kill. Oh, that's like uh, death yeah. Yeah. So double, double points for rollerbladers. Yeah. So it's like, I think that was the concept here because that thing sticking out, I think their idea was completely backwards in the fact that that sticking out there, that single point of force is going to hit you at the knees or whatever and snap your knees. Exactly. Exactly. If that thing was maybe six inches lower and then it could scoop you up and then you slide up this angled front end, I could maybe buy it. But that right there, that that lops you off at the knees. (laughs) Better better to be alive, alive without shins than dead. Well, yeah, but all it's going to do is lop you at the knees and you're just going to go right on the hood. You ain't ever going to get scooped up on the hood. Your face is going to face plant into that grill you're gonna knock your brain out right on the hood i mean we weren't exactly smart in the 70s i think it's i think it actually is designed to hit more pedestrians because it gives you less time to get out of the way because it sticks so far out in front of the car i just like the fact that if you notice in the first the picture on the left once you have you know, if you've retained your knees and flipped up over the hood and you're sliding across the windshield, you have a ridge along the B pillar to grab so that you don't fly off the back of the car. Did you guys notice that? There's a lip. Nice. No, no, no. That's not the catch. That's like, you know, the uh, vegetable slicer? <laughs> Mandolin. That's so it takes a huge layer of skin off you as you go off where there's a road map. You just straight meat onto the asphalt once you hit the ground behind the car. But the... Here's the thing, even more than the pedestrian safety. Anybody who ever did drive this, I'm curious how many times they had to get out and write a note, put it on a car in front of them when they were parking because they went up and hit them because how far the damn bumper stuck out. Oh, dude. I, and 
they they do what the what the eighty year old people do, and they put the little flags at the end of the bumper on both sides. The bumper collapses, so when they start to hit something, maybe a light lights up inside, so that the bumper they know the bumper hit something and so, start to compress. So according to the Volvo Cars Global Newsroom, okay. I'm, and I've skimmed this really quickly, but there's one bullet point here. The extremely pronounced bumpers gave the car a characteristic profile. They mm-hmm. protected the body against panel damage in low speed impacts at up to 16 kilometers an hour. Yeah, so they're better five mile, mile per hour bumpers. Well, they six, ain't saving you as a pedestrian. Yeah, so all this talk about pedestrians is bunk because they don't give a shit. Exactly. But I will say this. Bear in mind, if you guys ever dealt with some old European cars, you'll realize that they they were very uh, simple in the fact that they would basically strap like railroad ties to the front of them, right? If you ever look at like an old rabbit, it's like, here's a piece of metal that we bolted the front of the car. They were not light. So my question is how heavy are these bumpers to be this large on both ends of the car? Because you gotta remember the tail end is the same way, they're huge, right? Well, they got to weigh 150 pounds a piece. Look at the picture. There is no wheel well space. Yeah, right. Before that's that's bumper, lower. Before the bumper was up, there was probably five inches of gap there. <laughs> when they put the bumper on, it lowered it down that way. Oh. So, <laughs> so I will say, I mean, American bumpers from the uh, 80s could withstand some, some decent impacts because I might have been involved in some car tag uh, with some friends. Uh, in, in slow traffic. Yeah, but that's uh, guardrails to the front of those old cars. Bingo. So that's back when we had five mile per hour bumpers that were actually not damaged the car. Compared to nowadays, this is probably a better design because nowadays you, you have a slight fender bender and it's $12,000 worth of damage because you need like five new bumper covers and three sensors and all that other stuff. So, you know, in that regard, this is actually a good design. I like the fact that you can sit on this and have lunch. I mean, it's it's very convenient. It's Lunch, multi-purpose. You can have a fucking picnic. <laughs> you can go to a, a sporting event, sit there with the headlights on, so the headlights are shining out in the field, and you just sit in between the lights and watch. I mean, so, so what you're saying is, is tailgater. What you're saying is this should be on an Italian car, so you have somewhere to sit when it's broken down. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think you guys would agree. Up until this point, I have brought to light some very ugly cars, way uglier. Than the Aztec and the HHR and the- but you've sullied the poor name of the Duckbill Platypus. Come on, but you can't. You cannot deny it doesn't look like one. I, I will deny it looks like a platypus because a platypus doesn't have a deck hanging off its ass. I mean, it's got that big old tail back there. Yeah, but- they have a they have a beaver tail. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they do. That's a, the beaver tail back there. But there is a car that goes beyond all reason and understanding. It redefines the word ugly. Redefines the word ugly. Are you guys ready for this? Are you ready? Little drum roll. Nineteen fifty-seven Aurora safety car. This is the ugliest car ever built. I've noticed one key thing that is attributed to ugly safety. Safety. (laughs) So, what do you guys think of this? And this gentleman is the proud owner and restorer. The hell is it based on? I don't remember off the top of my head. There's not a straight line on that thing. Someone took a balloon, blew it up, squeezed it down, covered it in plaster, and then called it a body. Apparently so. This is designed to scoop up pedestrians. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a parade mobile where you just have people sitting on it while you're driving down the parade and they're sitting there waving. I mean, can you imagine... 
this guy, I mean, he is, he is proud of this car. This is a car he goes out into his garage and he looks at it and goes, yeah, this is awesome. This company went out of business producing one of these prototypes. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. Manufactured by a Catholic priest. Yes. So you said they were making one. Is this the only one that exists and this guy's the owner? There were pictures of, well, like, I guess I found them on the internet, basically, where it was like rotting in a, like a yard or whatever. And they were pictures of them, like them with the bucks and stuff. But yeah, this guy, oh, this is a, apparently a running production car. And this guy, this younger gentleman here, then, because they built this in 57, he doesn't look like he was probably, he was probably born in 57, right? But again, I mean, this thing takes the cake. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those where, oh. There, I mean, there, there has to be. Some, I'm, I'm trying to find some reasoning of what, what, it, it, so, what it has and to why. Oh, here we go. So it does describe that that front end is to scoop up pedestrians. You're still gonna. It's taking you out of the angle. There's. Oh, a, I, I know. I'm. I know. I'm agreeing. I agree. Hundred percent. Also, that windshield is bulging, bulging out like that, so that if you were launched forward, you wouldn't hit your head into the windshield. <laughs> Well, and, remember, those seatbelts weren't required yet. Okay, 1957 glass was not shatterproof. So whoever you hit was coming through, and you're just – so instead of hitting your head against the glass, you're headbutting the person coming up on the hood. No, no, no. It's not for the person outside the hood. It was for you shooting through the hood to give you more space not to smack your face, apparently. And this did have seatbelts. I, I get what you're saying with that, Tanya. But what I'm saying is he goes forward, and it's domed out so he doesn't hit his head on the glass. Yeah, because they didn't use shatterproof glass, then the person coming up over the hood is going to come through the glass. And it's going oh, to be sure. Yes. 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 So, <laughs> it was built. It was a fiberglass prototype built on a fifty-three Buick chassis, partially funded by Father Alfred Juliano's parish. But it was planned to be available to be built on top of a Chrysler, Cadillac, or Lincoln engine built on the Buick chassis. Well, it said uh, reverse angle windshield eliminates glare, prevents dust, rain, sleet, and snow from impairing visibility. Automatic seat adjustments and telescoping steering column eliminate driver strain and travel fatigue. Rear trunk area is unencumbered by spare tire or other space stealing accessories total area 20 cubic feet. Oh, well, here's the good part. Built-in hydraulic jacks operate through push-button controls to provide safe and easy tire changing. Extra-large shock-resistant doors, latches are flush. Upholstery is the newest spill-proof miracle fiber fabric. Oh, fucking vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, this is it's, it's quite um, astonishing. It's the uh, the new Jeep Wagoneer. If the interior was made of modern materials now, it would be sham wells, right? Yeah, spillproof. Oh my god, that it's like the pretty, Cadillac uh, CTS. It's pretty interesting. Oh, this this gets even better. Reading uh, the wiki page, it would have been priced just under the most yes. costly car in the U.S. Yes, it would have I only like been twelve thousand dollars in nineteen fifty-seven. Well, and remember that. In America, safety does not sell. Ford tried that multiple times in the past as a uh, as a as a marketing ploy, and people don't buy cars to be safe. They may say they do, but they don't. Well, so nowadays they do. 
they buy big SUVs to be safe from all the people in little cars. They don't care oh. if they kill the people in the little cars, but you know they're safe from their big SUV. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, I, I could see that. So there you have it, folks. Ugliest car on the planet, 1957 Aurora safety car. I think we should still go around the horn and see what what other people say. So that's your number one. What about you, Crutch? Uh, you're going to come back to me. I'm, my, my my thinking is a little slowed right now. Tanya. I mean, if I have to go off what was in that presentation, sure. No, go off whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be in that presentation. Whatever you want. Personal opinion. I, there's too many ugly cars to say just one. Yeah, no kidding. I think the Nissan S-Cargo or the, okay. the, the, the Multipla. The Multipla is definitely a top three. <laughs> That's why I came before the Duckville Platypus, man. Multipla, Volvo, safety car. Okay. I mean, so duckbill platypus, if you see them in person, are actually pretty cute. They're very confused and very poisonous, but they're actually really cute. Oh, I would also list that uh that Karen. That, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean if you're gonna truck. list the yeah, yeah, if you're gonna list the Karen, you have to say the Cybertruck. I mean Cybertruck. I was I was gonna follow on with and and right next to it is the Cybertruck because those are cousins. And the, the, the Karen haircut, too, was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I will say I have a very visceral reaction to the PT Cruiser with the fake wood trim and the fake back tire on the back hatch. That is like one of the worst things for me to see, and it just is painful to look at. So what you're saying, Crutch, is since you dislike that so much, the one that rides around in Thurmont that I see regularly, I need to start taking pictures of and sending to you. Growing up, we had the 80s square front Caprice wagons that had the fake wood paneling. And even that, like the wood trim on that didn't feel as painful to look at as the fake wood trim on the PT Cruiser. It just bothers me. On the outside of those cars. I think think the ultimate unicorn would be a GT Cruiser convertible with the wood trim and a manual transmission. I mean, that is like the ultimate of the PT series cars to have. And say? by ultimate, you mean you you know for someone who likes getting enemas every day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I think a follow up to the ugly cars should be ugly interiors. Oh God, I could go on <laughs> days on that one. Don't even get me started. The '90s Firebirds interior was atrocious. The cars went like stink, but the interior was like <laughs> sitting inside a Walmart. <laughs> the back of those Crown Vic cop cars. I mean, let me tell you. We're, t- we're talking about ugly, ugly cars, and I have to throw out the fact that looks are the main appeal, but functionality overrides looks any day of the week. And is that the excuse of the Aztec? There's a lot of people that'll say that when they're buying a new car. I don't care what it looks like on the outside. I care more what it looks like on the inside, and I care about all the things that it comes with. Yeah. Because I've heard some people say, well, when I'm driving it, I don't see the outside of it. I see the inside of it. And that's why they sell a lot of Toyota Camrys. I mean, and don't they try to teach children growing up? It's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside that counts. (laughs) And on that note, Brad, what do you think? Is it time to end? Yeah, I think we're good. If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770.
or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey listeners, Crew Chief Eric here. Do you like what you've seen, heard, and read from GTM? Great, so do we, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But please remember, we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no annual fee organization, but we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record, write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help. 